Hello, and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast with Mike and Laurent. It is Friday, July 9th. Wow. In this episode, we will preview the Euro 2020. It's really 2020. Uh, final between Italy and England. Is it coming home? Oh. Or is it going to Rome? We'll talk about the thrilling semifinal matches. But first, Mike, what the hell is wrong with the English media? They are collectively crying. They are collectively treating this game like it's any other game. Like, let's talk about the penalty call. Like, I'm, we're still, we've been talking about this all season. I, I think just be, before I let you go, how they just don't seem to get how to handle sport as Americans would, or maybe they're more smarter and they just kind of just treat it like any other day. They're not smart. To me, this so, like, they've got to analyze this. Where's the fucking Schefter? Where's the, like, breakdown of the whole thing like they should be like every minute of every second of every run should be broken down like the harry kane pass should be what we're talking about yeah. not whether it was a pen or not so i'm just they're they're just bad at this they're just they're just <laughs> they're clickbait merchants right to use their term they're mm-hmm. they're penalty mar- they're clickbait merchants that's all they care about they don't care about the and i'll tell you right now if it were anybody other than sterling or kane on that last penalty it would be a non-issue and a non-story it would just be the story would be it, it would be what it should be frankly if jordan henderson drew the penalty they'd be like what a what a hero for england and all that which is frankly how they should be approaching the game 1966 is the last time the english national team was in any sort of major tournament final 1966 World Cup, right and that they won by luck because the goal probably was out doesn't matter it's been (laughs) 55 years almost everybody i would say what probably two-thirds of the people in wembley stadium watching that semifinal weren't even a twinkle in their father's eye when that last happened i do want to i do want to set one piece of context that's amazing that is a crazy stat so england as a country has sorry not england let's say the united kingdom not england because england is the biggest part but the united kingdom has somewhere around 60 million people the bbc had 24 million viewers the largest audience for a single channel in the history of english television yeah it was like half that for the country i'm sorry it was like that for the germany game too yeah half the fucking country's watching this. it is a celebration and this is where like it's it's just like hashtag fake news nobody's listening to what they're trying to peddle at this point <laughs> everybody just wants to have a fucking part let them have a party let yeah, them do i it, just right? i just like, yeah i just i so to go back i mean um, if we, we can go through the game one by one, but, but I, so, I think it's, it's a little yeah. bit like, it wasn't that great of a game. <laughs> I, thought was, I thought it was a fun game. It was, it not was fun exciting game of this round or that England has played in this tournament yet. But I mean, we'll, and we'll go into it in detail, but Denmark, you said it before the game was not going to go away quietly. No, they're tough. One of the, one of the goals of the tournament. Um, and then, you know, after halftime, it's, it's cagey and it becomes the Harry Kane show for a while there. And yeah. the worst part about all of this media bullshit about, and and by now I'm sure you know, but if you don't, um, the game goes to extra time, Raheem Sterling bombs down the right and he's cutting into the box. He's running fast as he's fuck. fuck. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> and you and I have had arguments about Sterling. I'm sure we will later in the show. <laughs> There's one thing that you will not be able to take away from him. He was just an un, 
uh, uh, unmistakable motor. He yeah. was just, there was no stopping him yeah. uh, from a speed perspective, yeah. from a dribbling perspective, there was quite a lot of stopping him. But well, but I mean, but I mean, I think the thing to, to the thing about the sort of penalty is I've watched it like five or six times. Now he goes past the first guy with contact. The guy comes at him again. And then another guy comes, right. he, whether he embellishes it or not, he got bumped. Right. Sure. So and, it's and a penalty. So, and, I, and now we're talking about it also when I'd rather talk about, you know, the strategic thing of Kane doing the Tottenham thing where he plays the 10 in the early games time. in the tournament, he was really stuck up there and the ball wasn't coming to him. Foden seemed to have a hard time making those through passes. Mount wasn't able to get him the ball. And it seemed like, you know, Phillips and Rice just don't have that De Bruyne pass that well there was that basically, disconnection right, right that, we uh, that about. basically only De Bruyne has right they weren't playing enough of the creative eights Mason likes to run uh Foden is better running there's nobody making that through ball it's almost pass. like they have one and they're not playing not playing him. him yeah yeah it's almost like Jack Grealish is that guy well, but he's exactly. a he's on the wing as well but he's he shouldn't really a, be yeah but that's where he likes to play yeah and then Kane was just like hey coach I'll play the role that I want yeah. To actually someone to play for me. And that changed, I think, the English attack, which was like, oh, Raheem Sterling is going to run past these people. And, it seemed Sterling was, was making the runs all the time and Kane could find him, right? Yeah, and Saka to the right, um, which was the first goal, right? Like Kane with an inch perfect pass. By the way, second before, But after, before that, but before that, yes. Sterling shot it right at, it was amazing. It was a great yeah, move. It was, it, <laughs> It was actually amazing that Sterling missed this. From no, the it's not. You don't watch Sterling enough. He does that all the time. I, well, it's That's still what amazing. he does. It's still amazing. <laughs> from almost anywhere but there, he hits Schmeichel in like the balls. Yeah, he uh, hit him in the balls. And uh, but it was a, it is an incredible pass by Kane. And you're right, is that he's putting in that facilitator area. And and, and if you think about how England is kind of matched up, whether it's Grealish or Sterling or Saka or Foden. Or even Rashford, these guys have pace. All They're of athletic, them. they can run. And so, what you do, it we I've seen it for years now with Tottenham. He got all the credit for it this year, but he's been doing it for like the last three. Mm. He comes back, and Sonny goes flying, or Lucas goes flying, right? And and so what happens is when he drops back, both center backs just attract him, mm-hmm. like flies to honey. And, and there's space in the channels in space, between. Exactly. You come off so, the wings, you go in behind. Easy. Exactly. It's not, it's incredibly simple, in fact. Um, but that's what it is, right? So he yeah. he attracts the attention of everybody. Uh, and then he gets the ball in, in open spaces. He's a phenomenal passer. Right. And he, like you said, he gets those players in those channels and, and away they go. Um, right. But that, I mean, but, but to, to go into our argument, Sterling also on the other hand, creates space for Kane to do that by running the other way all sure. the time, like out wide, sure. all the time, out wide, mm-hmm. out wide, out wide. He's staying yeah. out there. That creates that space underneath for Kane to come and get the ball. But I thought I thought England were really good in this game. And then to be fair, RIP Denmark, really uh, fucking good. Like, wait, now we need still to really good for the darlings of the tournament. Just still really good. Lovable. Just And they attacked, they attacked England like, after the first 10 minutes where England was living off the crowd, they really went after them. And that was good. Like England needed that to sort of, you know, get them from being rattled. I thought, you know, Rice had a hard time. Bill, you know, Phillips is okay. I mean, it's, this isn't Leeds anymore, right? Like 
they were given a ball away. There were a couple mm-hmm. of tough moments. And, you know, again, uh, we talked about him earlier, or we probably haven't talked about it enough. Kyle Walker was incredible in the first yeah. half, basically snuffed out all issues. Uh, you probably know this, and uh, it's not a coincidence that your best season was when he was still on the team. Yeah. He just makes things not happen, right? That's what good defenders do. <laughs> but Or he makes, or he commits a penalty, right? right. That's, that's really his problem. He's great. He's, sorry, he's not that good as a back four with guys in front of him right? Like a sort of sitting deep defender. What he is, is he's what most of central defenders aren't. He's good going backwards. He's incredible. He's got the makeup speed, right? Right. And 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 he just runs in front of the guy and stops things from happening. There was a ball where Damsgaard was, was far and away gone. Yeah. And, and there's what, 10 yards in between. He just catches it. And he has to hold up enough to get to the ball. Fine. But yeah, it's, you know, not at least walkers there in an eyelash, at least three that I could remember. Sure. Where he just takes off stops something from happening, stops a cross from happening. And these things, they don't really show up. And I thought, no. again, one of the things I really noticed was the defenders, both McGuire and Stones, not going down. Like, they rarely lunged in. And we don't yeah. really – we're not experienced footballers, but my sort of quick note is, like, as long as you're close to a guy and you are just in his face when he shoots, that makes a difference. And I noticed many times – Dolberg simply shot wide or shot didn't get the shot right or it didn't or it yep. didn't go in because Stones and Maguire were just there and they were both really fucking good yeah they they just, were and not and even on the attacking end Maguire could have had two goals yep. I mean Schmeichel made a really good save I think it was right near the end of the game maybe just after extra time uh had started um but yeah I, there's something that we kind of had been kicking around in our squeaky bum time Facebook group where we, we chat with a, a few folks um I still struggle. It's crazy. We're at the final now. Yeah. I struggle with who would you usually at this stage, you're like, there's one, maybe two. It's changed far away candidates for player of the tournament. Well, let's, and let's kind of go through, let's kind of go through it in the beginning. Half Schick. You had Schick took a turn. I think Forsberg in the late stages of the group. And yeah. then Pogba had a couple games where you're like, holy shit. What version of Pogba is this? Uh, it's the Conte version of Pogba. Uh, <laughs> but then he gives away the pass that causes the, the tie that they end up losing them the game. I mean, that's it, it's tough to pin him on that. It's it's literally the one time that Conte isn't standing directly behind him. Right, right. right? And it goes then, in the net and it costs Then you've the got, this, you, could, you could say Chiesa is there. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't, or, or, and then you've got Spinazzola who's out now. Well, now he's uh, hurt. Yeah, you got Mierler from Denmark was really good. At, Love that pick. And he Love didn't, that. but he didn't, he didn't affect this game. No, right? he didn't. Uh, um, and then Dom, Domsgaard, maybe a little bit. I, so I have, there's a I lot. There's a lot. A, a serious, I mean, you do too. A serious, serious crush on Domsgaard. Oh, he's he'll be get, bald in like two years. He's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, <laughs> here's one. And I was watching, we'll talk more in depth about this game later. Donnarumma for his efforts strictly against Belgium and then against Spain. He had two or three really good saves that he made look very routine. And without that, Italy's up against it. Oh, we forgot hard. another one. Pedri from Spain. Pedri is a good one. Well, he has he the he has the the second longest goal of the tournament, right? On his own net. Yeah. Uh no, Pedri's been great. Um, there's some, but so that's the thing. You, and then Sterling and Kane, right? Like right. Do you want to pick one? 
you know, I, I think I, you I, want to pick one and I want to pick one. But. I, I like, I like what Sterling's doing. I think that, I think that it's one of the, it's a partnership, right? I think that Kane and Sterling have played a lot together. I think at yeah. this point they kind of know what each other's doing. Uh, I don't, I think that Kane is a better passer and the pace of Sterling allows Kane to get him in behind. And the problem is, is he's, Sterling is going to keep making those runs that make him look bad until he doesn't. Yeah. And, and look, <laughs> I, I, I keep harping on it when we were talking earlier today, the Germany play and, and wait, it's two pronged because the Germany, the goal to go up one, nothing, which eventually was the stood as the game winner uh-huh. was created by and finished off by Sterling. Just an unbelievable uh, team play that again, he started with a great dribble, followed up and, and finished off from that um, point blank range where he actually did score that time. And then what five, well, he only scores from point blank range. That's his thing. Well, well, sometimes he doesn't. And so um, five minutes later, he gives away the ball to Mueller. Look, if that ball goes in, you're never talking about him again. And England could be out of the tournament. Sure. So I think England England would have beat Germany, but that's okay. That's sure, potentially. Um, But I also think that if that goal goes in, everybody in England shits their pants. Oh, Especially yeah. it's, in Wembley. it's like the squeakiest of squeaky bum time. That's quite literally it. And and you <laughs> and all of a sudden you've got everybody just holding their heart and hoping not. And then the Germans get that killer instinct. I actually think that they go on to win that game if he hits that shot. Nonetheless. Mm. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know if I can give Sterling a good I there is certainly an argument for him from goal contributions, all that stuff. But that I mean at this the point, there's only two teams left, and he's is he? If, I don't if, necessarily think it has. If you to come think from he's the them, best though. player on England, then he's the player of the tournament. I don't think it has to come from Italy or England, though. Sure, it does, because <sighs> we don't. The narrative will dictate that the guy who scores, if someone scores two goals in this final, they'll be the player of the tournament. Sure. Well, first of all, if it's Kane, then he wins the Golden Boot. By the way, right. And if it's uh, Sterling, he'll definitely win the player of the tournament. Right? Sure. Yeah. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. And look, it is the biggest stage, uh, and there's something to be said for that. If it's me right now, I think Forsberg's a great shout. Shit kind of disappeared, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. late on <clears throat> against actually against the Danes. Um, I love I love Damsgaard, and so let's let's talk a little bit more about that because he was all he had that almost chance that we talked about Kyle Walker, um, but I don't remember exactly when in the game it is roughly 25, 30 minutes. Uh, England give away a bad foul and up steps not it was, Christian it was, Eriksen. It was, it was Shaw. Shaw, that's right not Christian Erickson to take this free kick, right? This is literally in Christian Erickson range. In fact, I've seen him hit balls from that distance at Wembley stadium, right? When they had to play there for a year. Um, so Damsgaard steps up and he just hits an absolute thunderbolt. It knuckles yeah. a little bit Pickford unlucky to get more of it. He got like a, a just it, a it's barely just, touch on it. He's a short keeper. That's what I was going to say. If he was taller, he probably keeps it out. Yeah. But um, it didn't have a lot of bend. It just had pace for days. No, it did. It had. It didn't have bend. It had dip. So yeah. it was like when you see the replay, it's high and drops right under the yep. bar. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, you know, uh, all of Wembley Stadium is stunned. And I thought it was so great. I, we've talked a little bit about the Denmark, the Danish fans who followed um, the team all across the tournament, how they waited at the German border with the buses and because of the quarantines and all that jazz. It was so interesting to hear the full mouth of, of Wembley, right? During the um, so good. God, during God Save the Queen and how it was 
what did they say? 64,000. It was only supposed to be 60,000 people. The actual it was, attendance. It was being, probably more like 70. They, they, they announced like 64 or something like that. But nonetheless, I would say like 15, 20% of them were Denmark fans. And when that goal went in, whoo, it sounded like there was 60,000 of them. It was awesome. Right. right? Um, and, and that's the thing is that Pickford looked for the first time all tournament. Well, first of all, the, for the first time all tournament, he was actually really tested. Um, he looked scary and shaky early. Uh, and the he whole kept, his distribution was bad, and he yeah. put England's defense under pressure over and over again. So uh, there was a period there. So in the first 15 minutes, England has two shots, Sterling and Kane, and then from 15 to 30, this is that troublesome period. The Danes take the the next four shots in a row. Yep, uh, a save off of Hjorberg, one's blocked, and then one's off target. But none of them By were Donsberg. really that menacing, right? Like, well, like uh, there was a there was a one big save, but then you know, Dimesburg, Dams, Damsgaard gets that goal, and then um, we have Sterling gets blocked and then saved within two minutes, uh, and it keeps yeah. going from there. And then in the 59th minute, and after the second half, Dahlberg has one shot, and then the Danes don't take another shot until the 114th minute. Well, okay, that just gives you a sense of just how good England got in the second half. 67th minute, okay? They take off Damsgaard and Dolberg. They bring on Polson. I get it. But you could tell, and this is they this gassed. is the moment where you, they were just so done. They were out of gas, right? And mm-hmm. so you just, you knew it was a matter of time. You didn't know if it would be in the early, in, in the first 90 or if it would need extra time. But when they made that triple sub in the 67th minute, I was like, you took off your two most creative players and you're not winning. They're playing for penalty for they're playing, they were playing for, the for draw. penalties, but they yeah. were playing for 50 minutes of it. Right. And so who's seen this more than me in the last 12 <laughs> to 18 months. I went, that's not going to work for you guys for two reasons. A, you don't have the depth, you know, of, of England and B you're, you're in the most hostile environment you possibly could be in the moment. Yeah. Like, all you're doing is just sitting back. And, and I, I get that, you, like I said, you brought on Polson. He was on an island. There was nothing going on for him. And um, and two minutes later, Jackie Grealish comes on for Saka, who, by the way, oh, was good. I thought he was fantastic. I don't, I don't for, for what he was expected to be going yeah. into this tournament, he's been a tremendous surprise for both I mean, England and Arsenal he's, fans. He's 19 years old, yeah. two months from his 20th birthday. He's killing it. He's so he, good. He's I mean, that's the, that's the thing that's good about England is like they've got this good mix. I thought the mix of the team was really good. Uh, you know, you got the veteran center backs. Walker's the oldest player on the team, which is insane. He's yeah. older than 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 Jordan Henderson. Uh, Declan Rice is super young. Uh, by the way, I'm reading this off FB Ref for the game. It's really really sharp. Uh, they actually have a breakdown of the shots at the time. Both nice. squads. You can mix it up so you can really go through and see everything in a nice timeline uh to your point your boy um uh harry kane eight scoring chances created versus sterling with six so just yeah but those are both good numbers right i'm not yeah yeah yeah. they're both really good right uh it does Um, have it does have dribbling and defensive stats and possessions has all the shit in here so it's really good um but yeah england dominated if they had lost it would have been hard done they deserved to win this game uh there was a penalty shout for kane that he didn't get. And so, then let's go into that a little bit more because, yeah. and we mentioned in the open, how everybody's focusing on, was it a penalty? Was it not with Sterling? It doesn't matter. It does. Well, well, it doesn't matter because it, 
for my money, it was a makeup call for missing the cane miss. But in both instances, VAR didn't seem to do much of intervening or do their job. Um, I think it's because they wanted, you know how like we have Supreme Courts that don't want to be activist courts? Yeah. I think the VAR for uh, for this was very hands-off. It was uh, USA uh, before uh, June 7th, 1941. Very neutral. Had to get my war uh, reference in there. <laughs> there you go. They did not want to overturn and needed to be bombed before they were going to step in. So if there was any reason not to overturn something, they didn't, right? So, But it's been the, the whole case- tournament like that. And I, yeah. I, I do respect the consistency, but there's been some really bad calls. Yeah, like Mike, what, are I, they, what are you here for, I guess? I can't, right, exactly. I don't remember just don't who have, it was on. Just don't have it. It sucks. It was an underdog in extra uh, close to extra time. Or no, it was like the 70th or so minute. Michael Oliver gives a straight red card. I, I'm blanking on who it is. Yeah, I, uh, I remember. And and Late. yeah, and, and you're Poland, just sitting there. I think. Yes. No, 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 no. No, Poland lost in the group stages. Um it, whatever. It doesn't matter. I think oh, it was Sweden. Uh, Sweden. Sweden. Yes. Yeah, that's Sweden. why they got beat. But they Horrible. he did almost break the guy's fucking leg. It was bad. What I'm saying is that it, for a straight red to not even – and all, it also comes down to the letter of the law too because you it has to you can't turn a red into a yellow. It has to be red or nothing from what I understand. So there's, there's intricacies there that are not perfect and have not been ironed out. I think we'd rather have the ref on the field making the calls, and I'm fine with this contact. There's no way I can overturn this because it's not a mistake. Right, so, it's my opinion, but you're putting, I wouldn't have given it if I were the ref. Well, but what you called is not a mistake. Well, the thing is, is that I mean, now we're, we're, we're haggling over the definition of mistake because what you've done as a function of that is you've decided that that foul was worth 50 minutes of down a man, and you're like, Well, I, I'm not sure, you know. So, the guys that's on kinda, the field, right? I, 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 I think so. This is how I think about refereeing, and it's really hard, and I don't, yeah, know if. This is the way to do it, but this is how I think of it. I think it should be interpretation of the law in the flow of the game. If a guy fouls someone hard in the first minute, you don't give him a red or you don't give him a yellow card, or maybe you do. If he did the same foul, exactly the same in the 60th minute, you would treat it differently than in the beginning, right? That is technically people would say, that's not right. You shouldn't do that. You should call it the same no matter what. But the fact is, no, don't do that. Like in the in the Champions League final, they should not have called a penalty on Tottenham in that final, right? Against Liverpool. Thank you for pissing me off. I appreciate it. No, but I'm saying like <laughs> that's the kind of call. Like don't do that. You're gonna yeah, fuck up yeah. the game or ruin the game. Don't yeah. send someone off for which, that. Which, like, which by the way, on that logic, which is exactly why I believe that Kane didn't get the penalty in the 70 plus minute, right? Because it was it, it was, was a pretty it was, good game. It was tight. They didn't want to make the call, right? And, but then, and then, then it's a makeup felt call, felt right? compelled to later right. on. So, I mean, you kind of, if I respect that opinion, and if, yeah. if you're going to govern a, a sport like that, I'm actually okay with but then, it. But then, but then when you do it that way, you got to stick it. You, you can't have VAR, right? Because ultimately the referee is now actually the judge and jury of this game. And he's like, I'm in the flow. I know what's happening. I'm talking to the players. I'm having a sense of the drama of this game. Sure. Yeah. Okay. If you try and then go into precision, it breaks, right? Okay. Because now you've got two things happening at once. You have okay. this one black and white, hits a penalty. He hit him in the foot before he touched the ball versus this game is different. Something's yeah. happening here. 
I've let this guy kick this guy three times. This guy's kicked this guy two times. I'm going to start giving yellows to stop that, right? Because that's really what's happening. It's art, right? Like if you ever listen to Mark Clattenburg talk about games, you are become really surprised at how much it's like, you know, I had a feeling at that moment. It didn't feel right. He literally will say that or like the way he protested, it didn't feel like a foul to me. And the fact that a referee who's respected and training guys, it literally is art. It's not precision. And it goes back to how I feel about VAR. It's like, what is the purpose? It's not, it's, it's, it's accuracy, not precision. Like Mm -hmm. get the game, right? Ultimately England won this game and deserved to win. There is a morality in football. That's fucking weird. Sometimes you get hard done and you know, someone like the Swiss will be like, you know what? We played hard. France were better. We deserved to win that game on penalties because we didn't give up and we were down 3-1 with 20 minutes to go, right? Yeah. They deserve that. That's the morality of it. You could have been like, well, you know, we should have given a penalty here or a mistake there. No, France are superior. They didn't win the game. They deserve to lose. Well, right? and, and There's a lot of that that happens. The hard part about that is you need to clone – I can't believe I'm saying this. You need to clone Mark Lattenberg then. I hate that guy. But you need to have – the the exact parts of subjectivity sort of as as aligned as possible i'm not saying that every game needs to be governed the same what i'm saying is every game needs to have that pulse that feel of the referee and you certainly don't want to ever think or notice the referee i mean that's the the mark of a truly good ref is where it's mm-hmm. he, he barely is even noticeable in the game it just, just goes yeah um but that's that's it's hard got, You've got, by that same token, Sweden deserved to beat Ukraine. They had three posts in the second half. They're all over them, and they get a, a tough red card. And They did deserve done. to beat the Ukraine, and that's yeah. why Ukraine got smoked. They went a level too far. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Right? But they did score a goal in the uh, 119th minute because Sweden fell apart for that one well, minute. Sweden right? fell apart because they didn't have a man on the field. Right. Exactly. They're exhausted. Yeah. Um but yeah, this was really good. And I think, you know, one of the things I think about with this before we sort of go into some of the, the business end of things for, for the pod is I just have one other thing that was really fascinating was I sort of listened to probably, you know, three or four podcasts. I have to say the English media is on top of these things. These games end and there's seven podcasts released in an hour. It's impressive. <laughs> right. But the, the emotion and the feelings that all these guys are are coming through it again goes back to that thing i talked about last week of just these people are feeling their feelings about their team there's that connection i think russell brand again made another video about uh not as good as the last one but this one uh was less less interesting but just where sport connects people the shared collective feelings guys all admitting oh you know raj and devo talk basically in tears talking to each other on green room which apparently someone is paying all those people because that is a terrible app. Uh, but, <laughs> but you can sponsor us. We'll go on Green Room too. We'll go on Green Room if, right uh, now. If, if, uh, if Spotify wants to, to let us know. But there is real emotion to these things. And it is something that I'm, I'm not jealous of because you and I watch football and have had those feelings. But I'm jealous for American sports fans. I, don't, I just don't think our sports are either – conducive because of the stops and starts the way our show our sports are really designed for television and soccer isn't uh you know you you get this countdown of it happening the flow that soccer has when the VARs aren't messing things up when in its natural state right the flow that soccer has 
is unmatched. I mean, maybe an overtime in hockey. Yeah, no, can most, pick most it up certainly. I was going to say, I think that your perspective on this is a bit skewed because you've sort of, aside from the NBA, which I know you still watch, you've sort of rejected all American sports. I'm well, I, I, I follow them. Right. right. I'm following them along. But what you've, I'm, and I'm not going to say that the English game or the European game is better or worse. It's certainly just different. Put it this way. The Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup 24 hours ago. Yeah. And I wasn't watching the game. Yeah. I was tracking the score and whatever. But you know what? For the last five minutes, I put it on. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to watch, and I did last year too when there was nobody in the fucking stadium. But <laughs> one of the coolest things about the NHL is that I've seen the the home team lose uh, numerous times, right? Like the the away team wins the cup on 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 enemy ice, and everybody stays, and everybody sits there and goes, "That's the coolest fucking thing in the world, right there." Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I got to see a few of my old Ranger buddies, uh, <laughs> you know, getting the cup last night again for the second year in a row. But I got to see in them. less than in less than 365 days. I know, I know. <laughs> but but watching Ryan McDonough get kind of teared up, the former Rangers captain, and uh, you know, with the the energy in the in the arena, I don't agree. I think that it's it like I said, it's different. It's um, different. It's but we I'm, don't what we don't have is Wembley. What we don't have is a national the, the stadium, nation, yeah. right? Uh, and we don't have a national sport. Right, because well, baseball got taken. Baseball, baseball got, yeah, but we don't have a competition. Is my point, right? Well, that's we don't our have fucking a, stupid choice of choosing football. <laughs> sure, sure, but like, but like, baseball was taken out of the Olympics. The World Baseball Classic, we actually kind of suck at. Um, but, but we don't have that. That we don't. Seminal right, moment. we don't have. I remember it's uh, a unifier. Shout out, sh- shout out to my old friend Kieran. Might be a sociopath. Probably doesn't listen to the pod, but uh, actually he is a sociopath. But that's okay. Bring uh, him aboard. <laughs> no, he's insane. Uh, he's a he's a he might be a a, a con artist. Um, Terrific. I'm, I'm attracted to those types of people. Um, he was always talking about representative sports as such a huge thing that Americans are missing out on. He's Irish, and he would talk about the county the county uh, uh, Irish football, where not only it wasn't even national, it was even better. It was by county, right? Like, oh, you're born in Cork? I'm playing for Cork County and we're playing fucking uh, Limerick County. And you could never switch. You was only by where you were born. I mean, think about that level of, and it's like a national thing. It's sort of like the basketball tournament in Indiana that was famous from Hoosiers. But that level of things and they have that in cricket in england they still have county cricket it's based on your county well it stops at the high school level realistically yeah, right it does it does but we don't elevate that right it, it yeah. because we have this amateur side of things and i'm sure it matters if we were like friday night lights and we were from central texas it probably makes a difference and maybe these yeah. things are happening and because we're both i mean you're from long island but we're relatively cosmopolitan new york we've we've grown up with 25 professional teams <laughs> Right. right. Well, it's that. It just yeah. There's this this other this worldly element to it, right? Like, yeah. look at the the makeup of the Yankees right now. There's nobody from New York. That's actually not true. They've drafted a kid a couple years ago. But like, nothing. But, but that's right? been like, true for a long time. It's a long time since Mickey fucking Mantle. But yeah. that's that's the idea. Is that yeah. you don't feel that 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 sense of belong, right? In so much as you, I used to, when I was a kid, I don't feel it now as much anymore, certainly. Yeah. Uh, and now that I'm not in New York, I really don't feel it that much anymore. Yeah, but, but yeah, you're never going to become a Tampa Bay fucking Rays fan. No, I'd rather kill myself. That's I've gone to that stadium. I'll never go in it unless the Yankees are 
on the verge of the pennant, but even then I might just watch from the bar next door. All right. Uh, yeah. So let's, let's go talk to, uh, let's go talk to our friend, Joe. Um, you know, we want to pay some of the bills here and do a little live read courtesy of the chop sports media network, which by the way, quick aside, uh, chopsportsmedia.com, Dope, dope website. Super excited, uh, for Dave and Chris and the boys, uh, getting all that stuff out the door. We're going to have some merch coming up soon. Uh, we're going to figure all that stuff out. Um, more to come on that front, but I just wanted to shout that out real quick before we get too deep into anything else. Um, these dudes are doing it. They're growing this thing. We're super psyched to be part of it uh, along the way, but uh, not to take any more time away from my buddy, Joe. Um, Attitude of Gratitude Consulting has an extremely unique way to save you plenty of cash on your monthly bills. Laurent has talked about saving for college, for Aveline. I've talked about my freaking wedding that I can't wait for it to be in the rearview mirror. Not because I don't love my eventual wife, just a lot of stress and bills and craziness. So uh, do yourself a favor, go to www.attitudeofgratitudeconsulting.com for more info and talk to our buddy, Joe. Well, that leaves me. We like to snack over here at the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast, and man, we just received our shipment of some of the seasonings that Sunflower Metal Seasonings has sent us. They even have a brand new cheddar beer dip exclusively made for the Chop Sports Network that we are proud to be a part of. It's delicious. You have to try it. Mention Chop Sports when you talk to Jess and save some money. Visit Sunflower Meadow Seasoning for their entire lineup of products and i'll just go uh on the website right now right there in the front limited time offer chop sports the chop sports cheddar beer powder it looks incredible put it on everything eat everything and enjoy your football all right back to the show um so we talked a little bit about and england and denmark which was not the better of the two semifinals, uh, but it felt like it because of the crowd at Wembley. Um, we had another clash of two, the all two timers. nations, all yeah, all the two timers. nations who have met the most More in the Euros, in the Euros than anybody else. Italy, the seventh, and seventh Spain. time. <laughs> yep, and it it lived up. It was a great match all the way through. Yeah. It was sort of interesting how um, Unai Simone sort of was playing drunk almost yeah. he was everywhere for the first like 15 20 minutes he ran to the fringe or outside of the 18 yard box like three times in the first 20 minutes and italy got the ball and literally yeah. all of spain's defenders looked at him, what the fuck are you doing get back in the sticks what are you doing it's a function of spain still playing spain style it's the high line it's keepers that have to come out it should be familiar to people who watch City a lot, who watch uh, Leeds a lot, who watch Arsenal suck. Uh, it's this idea of a high line. And if you don't know why people play a high line, let me give you a little tactical one-on-one. <laughs> By playing a high line, you can you 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 shrink the pitch when you when you're and you force the opponent to play in a certain area because then they can't if they play a ball deep then they're offside and you can press when you play a high line. And that's the key thing is if you play a high line, you have to press because otherwise you give the opponent time on the ball and they can just pick out the runs and time them. Uh, And that's why you press so that you make the pitch smaller. So you have less to defend. And it's a, it's a choice that Spain makes of where do we feel like defending? Do we want to defend in front of our box where you need to be big and fight crosses and we have tiny defenders, or do you want to defend 
up high on the pitch and deal with the fact that, hey, we might have to run back and defend in sort of a, the fashion of on the break. Uh, and, and Spain chose to defend on the break. The first half an hour of this game, uh, Italy didn't have a shot until, uh, until Emerson hit the post. And, you know, Spain were on top and we're playing controlled and we're frankly better most of this game. Yeah. And I think the Italians had a hard time not having Spinazzola, who was their out ball all the time. And they had to resort to their style. But in the second half, Chiesa had a shot saved and then just beautiful football uh, from, from Italy, like chopping effortless. back and forth, finishes, gets his goal in the 60th minute. And you think, well, here comes Italy. They're just going to, they're going to shut this thing down. Berardi gets two shots saved once in the 68th minute. And then once in the 80th after the Berardi goal, then after the Berardi shot, then Murata takes off uh, a really nice one too. I mean, Spain were playing. There was levels of. There were just levels here. Like I took amazing really, midfield football. Like I really took a lot of enjoyment out of the one-two between Danny Olmo and Alvaro Morata because yeah, Morata really left Chiellini in the dust, and well, I fucking Chiel- hate you. Hate fucking him. Fucking hate Chiellini. Um, but <laughs> that's yeah, a good I mean, thing. He's you're supposed to hate him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a piece of shit. But uh, he actually, I don't know if you're familiar with this. When Juventus beat Spurs in the Champions League, I don't know. It was 2018. It was a year before we went to the final. Yeah. Um, he just basically looked into the camera in the post game. He goes, "Yeah, I mean that's what Tottenham does. They always do that." And I was like, "You motherfucker!" But we had played <laughs> them at we had played them in Italy, two two draw in a crazy game in the first leg, and we ended up losing. I don't. I want to put that guy's fucking face in a wood chipper. I mean, I really Almo was the man of the match of this game as much as Pedri in the midfield was incredible. Uh, Pedri famously uh, completes 61 of 62 passes for 98%. He gets labeled the new Iniesta. He does 64 carries in the game. His progressive passes, he leads the team aside from the defenders who tend to do that anyway. Uh, but Morata looked like he was going to be the hero he ties the game in the 80th minute, like we said, on the wonderful through ball. But I do think that in the midfield, there was just serious high-level football, pressing, counter-pressing, uh, getting the ball off someone, doing tricks to get free, and then making the progressive pass. Like, if you weren't paying attention and just kind of watching the back and forth, you're like, ah, oh, what the fuck's going on? This is kind of a stalemate. But the battles in the middle of the pitch, uh, Busquets showed why he's still playing at a high level, even though he, he doesn't have the athleticism and that's the problem that Spain have. Ultimately, they're not an athletic team. They're all tiny little dudes who are like 140 pounds and they can't chase guys down, but it was a masterclass by the midfield of, of Spain to really nullify the sort of power of Italy who are trying to win the ball, very Tottenham, like win the ball upfield and break. Yeah. And have that opportunity to score goals, and so they they really couldn't generate any offense uh, until until we went to extra time, and it kind of just petered out. And teams are like, "All right, it's gonna we're gonna do this. It's gonna be this." Uh, although to be fair, you know, Spain still were creating in the extra time period. Almo had a shot saved. Morata had a shot blocked. Lorente had a shot blocked, and Spain really didn't have a shot until I mean, Italy didn't have a shot until the hundred tenth minute. Did but you it was see really- before pen- on uh yeah before penalties started, it was weird that like Chiellini and I think Busquets Danny Alba, uh, no, no, well no no, no like not the- Danny Alba, uh, the other one Jordi Alba, 
were like, yes, around. yes, it was Jordy. Alba. They were like, yeah, they were like buddies. And I was like, I was so confused by that. Not that because no, it point, was it was Chiellini instigating it. Right. He was like, isn't this great? Giving him a hug, yeah, slapping him yeah. on the face, like being shithousery like is it this is what i like right like yeah i want it to be dirty and do penalties but i was because i think was, the spaniards will fuck it up <laughs> yeah yeah i it feel if it, there, there was and even like the goalkeepers were talking to each other but it was jovial like it wasn't yeah. like adversarial i would have been like i'm gonna eat your mother right like so we said well, this he may have said i'm gonna eat your mother he might have <laughs> compared to which by the way we should cover really quickly emmy martinez with oh, yeri Mina. legend legend emmy martinez the goalkeeper from argentina who is now facing brazil in the copa america final we can touch on that in a second yeah uh yari mina comes up from colombia taking a penalty and he's sitting there talking shit to him by the way nobody in the stadium so he can hear everything he's saying it's amazing and he just goes you're gonna miss you're gonna miss i know where you're going you're gonna fuck this up and lo and behold gets in his head yari mina's like nah man fuck you fuck you he puts it it to to martinez's left martinez makes a save as as you know if you listen to the show we are Big, big Emmy Martin. And then he fans. does a dance, like a taunting dance. Like he a, does like, like an a thrust puss. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was well, wild. listen, if there's anything that's different, it's like Euros versus the fucking South Copa America. I mean, in Copa America, so this is the basically the Euros of South America. Right. It's a fucking bloodbath. Like literally yeah. Messi has the bloody sock game. He's literally the same ankle as Schilling, blood coming through his sock. Yeah. <laughs> Colombia is literally kicking the shit out of him so listen this is the thing that really gets frustrating to me i don't know how often you've been kicked in the shin or in the leg and when people go guys dive you get stepped on by spikes it hurts and you do roll around on the ground and yell it's real it's not a fucking joke not all of them not all of them but (laughs) But, yes yeah but and Uh, messi of course is like has this messi is playing with argentina and he has a problem in, in especially the last few years where he's such a legend now that he kind of breaks his teams in that other players don't feel the the aura of Messi makes you give him the ball. So you stop playing in your own confidence. Hey, we saw it a bit team, with Portugal. Right, right. Yeah, where where Cristiano maybe 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 you suck stop taking free kicks because Fernandez has fucking scored 40 of them like yeah. what are you doing dude yeah so but in the i know we're, we're digressing really quickly but it what messi has is he's got the i've never won anything with my country and he has the literal fucking cocaine uh shadow of maradona behind him and he can't get around him because maradona is so much more charismatic so much more flawed so much more whatever and messi is essentially a nerd spaz from outer space doesn't seem to have any friends he's got his two giant dogs he just wants to play soccer now i'm not saying he's not competitive because clearly he's got a fire to win and score goals but he does he doesn't have the charisma of geez he doesn't have the charisma of fucking anyone like range yeah no it's 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 low but it's sort of um and he needs this copa even though it's sort of a hoodoo now what it's sort of a hoodoo now because he's He has missed penalties that have lost Copa America finals before against Chile. Yeah. Um, he has. That's the Bielsa uh, Chile. That was yeah. That he was has. <laughs> let's see. He carried, I believe it was the 2014. The 14. Yeah. World in the Cup. final against Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Carried a shit, shit Argentina side all the way to the final. 
yeah. was by far the best player in the tournament, ran into one of the best teams of all time, and yeah, after was doing Brazil. it by himself, and they got yeah. smoked. Yeah. Like, well, so they lost on him. No, it 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 will always be on him. That's that's my that's my point. It's the same. It goes back to the same media tropes as Sterling from the top of the show. Yeah. It's just come on, man. But so I'm I'm rooting for him. Uh, Brazil is far superior than that's and like you said, it's the problem. I it's fucking I, I am a I am Brazil hater, and I think it stems. I loathe Neymar. I fucking oh hate I hate him. I hate him. I hate. I hated him. I hated Brazil before there. The, I think I hated him when he had feathery hair when he first came to Barca, and I just yeah. I don't like the I can taunt you and then complain about getting kicked. You know why you get kicked and lose time for your team because you're trying to taunt people. And yep. they kick you after you fuck with them enough. So why about you just move the ball? And especially the juxtaposition between Messi, who basically has one move, and it's dropping the shoulder left or right because he somehow is able to take four steps before you stake two. I don't know how the hell he does that. He's a tiny little boy with little Be- legs. Well, I mean, he's basically a Flintstone. I don't. <laughs> yeah. He still is a Flintstone. He, <laughs> uh, it's basically Barney Rubble with dark hair. Is what is what is what That's Lionel good. Messi is. Uh, and then. Back to Sterling, I I really did. There were moments in yesterday's game that I thought like Sterling was messy-ish, like in the way he was taking people on and t- taking off. But wow. he he'll never have the shot or the passing of Messi. But you know, he just the way he, he was taking his, people on, but he lost the ball a lot, right? Yeah, but like, he, after getting thirty yards downfield, sure, yeah. Anyway, he's not the finisher that we had. Well, let's go back to the penalty shootout, which had drama. First of all, Italy missed their first one, then Omo misses. Then almost skies it. Yeah. Then Italy settles down. Balotti, Bonucci, Bernadeschi uh, make theirs. Moreno, Alcantara, Tiago makes his. And then in the fourth slot, with the game on the line for Spain, Alvaro Morata comes up and he is clearly petrified. Like he's Uh. walking up looking like death has befalled him how Luis? this is on Luis enrique you cannot let him have the ball well hold on let's go back to the selections this was so very interesting i think it was john champion the, t- and, the players and taylor twelman taylor twelman was saying that um Luis enrique he was sort of commending this style which in in retrospect probably not the best uh but he basically says I'm not going to tell somebody who wants to take it. The way he was characterizing is he knows, he said he can look into somebody's eyes and know if he's going to want to take a penalty or not. So he's not going to put that player in that position if he doesn't want that. Well, the actual answer there is if you see what you think you see, pick somebody else, right? Like like anybody. You're you're the coach. This is on you at the end of the day. Yeah. What are you doing? So he leaves it to the players and he gets two out of four, two out of four, really. Uh, Gerard Moreno and Alcantara hit, but almost guys, it almost took a confident penalty. He just, he just got under the ball and Murata looked, that was one of the worst penalties we've seen in the tournament. And, and then, so that sets up Jorginho who, who, if he died tomorrow, it would be too soon for me. Uh, <laughs> I don't uh, like, I don't like him either. I, I don't like him either. He's First not even all, real Italian. He's like, yeah, he's like he, four things, but he, he was, so if, for, for those who are uninitiated, Jorginho takes a penalty in a style that is very, very not cool. He he sort of ambles up and then hop skips and just rolls it in. And he does it every time. 
And I think he started missing them in the Premier League after he got used to it. Uh, but uh, he finishes it, and Jorginho wins it. Uh, so for Chelsea's context, leading scorer with nine, all on penalties. Yeah, the reason why he does it the way he does is because in that moment where he hops, he's looking for the goaltender Movement. to make the first move. And as soon as he does, he just rolls it comfortably and calmly into the other side. Yeah. Oh, it's it's, it's despicable. There should I mean there should. Well, it's like, the Panen- it's like the Panenka, right? Like yeah. the one that Aguero took in, at the end of the season and he fucked it up. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> and, and I think Pep was going to. As much work. as I want to say there should be a rule against that, there can't be. That's ridiculous. No, 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 no. Um, so uh, now we've got Italy. We've got England. We've got old World War II foes. There's my. Yeah, there's yeah, my, yeah. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a little Monte Cassino. We've got a little Montgomery. We've got a little. Uh, we've got a little Mussolini. By the way, why can't we name any Italian generals? That's weird. I don't think I know of one. Yeah, because uh, they weren't. <laughs> it's literally like Mussolini and some dudes. It was Germany and <laughs> Japan and Italy. Yeah, like, yeah. They they, uh, they they had a problem with the Ethiopians, which was a little weird. Yeah, uh, and they couldn't really handle Libya. So they they although to be fair. I believe Mussolini told Hitler in like four in 39 or 40. He's like, I, I need, I got to wait till 1950. <laughs> I'm not going to whip these idiots into shape. I'm not quite ready. Uh, the funny thing is, is like Mussolini was just totally not an ideologue. and was like, yeah, I'm just going to hang out, wear cool hats and bank chicks. Like what else am I going to be the president of Italy for? Fascism, schmassism. Uh, you you want to get rid of Jews? All right, if you must. I mean, I don't really want to, but I'll do it. Just to be nice to you. And then then at that point, Hitler really intimidated him. Anyway, that's a whole digression. And I don't know if that's true. I'm sure Italians have a fine history of anti-Semitism, as all Catholic countries do. And what's, what's a Catholic without a little anti-Semitism? That's a good um, <laughs> Very little. <laughs> I mean, it's in the Bible. They, you know, crucify him, crucify him. They chanted, you know, it's in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's not their fault. Um, so <laughs> by this part of the podcast, hopefully no one's listening in the the uh, de- Anti-Defamation League is not going to come after this podcast. Or maybe we want them to. Maybe we'll get on oh, the we radar. we want them to. Yeah, like tiny, them. tiny podcast on the squeaky bum time is, uh, you know, you know what? I think if I start talking about Palestinians and Israel, then I really turn on. Oh, man. you'll hit all the algorithms. <laughs> all the, uh, yeah, you'll, you'll be in there immediately. Yeah, we'll yeah. Get, and, like, then, and then Mo, and then Mo from Arsenal Fan TV can come on the show because he's been banned for supporting Palestine on oh, AFTV. Oh, that's right. I did the see button. that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's a whole other thing. Uh, I support Mo. Fuck you, uh, Robbie. Um, <laughs> uh, where was I? Uh, well, the, the preview, it, England, Italy. This comes down to, you know, I think it comes down to England being at home. I really do. I think, yeah. like, if they can if they can keep the defensive solidity that they've had, not give up an early goal, which could happen because Italy's really good. Sure. Um, that's one piece. The second piece is another difference, and we talked about this in our Twitter chat, was Italy is Italy doesn't have a Harry Kane. They don't have a great striker. Uh, Immobile has been laughable in this yeah. tournament. He's been running around, missing. And then I think there's a level of quality in the Italian league that it, it's high. They, they really, like, they have no Juve players, which is insane. It blows the mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they don't have... They don't have that top end quality that England supposed to have, but Hey, listen, like England has four guys who played in the champions league final. That's not a joke. That's real. Right. Yep. Sterling stones, Walker Foden. Those guys have been playing at the highest level of football. 
Uh, Harry Kane has been in a Champions League final. Uh, Jordan Henderson won the Champions League. So been two in a row. Yeah, yeah. So so England has experience at the top level of football on the team, whereas the Italian team does not right now. Um, a lot of Calvin Phillips in that Italy team, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good players, young players, hungry players, and Mancini is a good coach uh, that you know he gets that winning belief into his team. And I think that we are coming around on Southgate. Uh, I think he knows this team better than the press does, right? He's put a sure. team belief, a team spirit in it. If it's negative, it's because he doesn't – if it's negative, it's because he knows he can't concede early because maybe he thinks the team's fragile. Uh, maybe he knows that he needs those two holders in Rice and Phillips the whole time. I think you bring Henderson in, frankly, for Rice – because I just think uh, he's better in this spot. Uh, maybe you won't lose Rice, but I just think, or maybe for Phillips, like I, I think you want you want Phillips Henderson. Phillips is more of a rover, though, right? Like he's he's definitely a runner, right? He goes up so and down. I would not take, I would not take Phillips out of the lineup. I could see taking Rice out. He's been he's been good and bad in this tournament. I feel he's like. weird. He's weird to see what he does. He just doesn't have he doesn't have the the. He doesn't have the range of pass that if I breaks to, lines. If I were to start Henderson over Rice, I would look into. I would expect to go into the seventieth minute preparing to make that change. To, to take expect- to take out Henderson and bring Rice in. Yes, a, a switch. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then I think you know. I think you could I, say that. I think way, Shaw though. and Walker have to play. They've been yeah. so so good. Walker will snuff out any of well, the breaks. Their back four is locked, right? Like, yeah, they're not going anywhere. And and that's actually a good point for me on Italy. I think one of the biggest pieces in this game will be uh, Spinazzola against, or or the lack He's thereof. Out. Excuse yeah. me, the lack of Spinazzola versus is it Saka? Is it is is it one of the other guys down the right? Right? Is is yeah. it's interesting to me how when 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 it's not Saka. When they brought on uh, they who was it? when they brought on either Foden or Grealish, right? That and then Sterling, they swap. They Sterling goes yeah. to the right. So, yeah. do they, with his form, do they yeah. start Sterling on the right? Yeah, I don't. I don't know the answer to that. I do think that you have to have. You've got to challenge Bonicci and Chiellini. They're they're thirties. They're in their thirties. Chiellini is slow. He's got all the fucking tricks. He's going to fucking break his foot he, down at Harry Kane. They're yeah. going to fuck Harry Kane up. Yeah, and I really think are. it will be important for Kane to have the least amount of time trying to get in between those two so that they can't rough him up. So he needs to be moving around. He'll be moving problems. around, but he'll be also, as we said earlier in the show, he'll be coming further back and further back for two things to get away from them, but also in the same time to, to draw them out. Right. right? Because so, you don't want, you don't want to get kicked by them and you want them to have to be far, the further from goal they are, the better. Yeah. And, and the point is right to, if, if Benucci and Keelan are coming out, Emerson is going to get exposed. So whether it's, he's not like, good. Yeah. I can see Saka being that guy down the right again, if it's Sterling, but I think Saka starts because he's looked great. He's looked great. And I think, him being the first sub in some of these games, especially uh, against the Danes, I thought that was unfair. I, you know, I, I would have taken off Mount, who, by the way, I, I, I rail on Mount a lot, but I don't think he really added anything to that team. Well, he does all the crosses. He does all the free kicks for them. Which is uh, sort of scary I mean, he, he, in and of he himself. Does, I think the thing that he gets is he works, right? He's an offensive player that will track back. So I think 
Southgate thinks of him. And I think that's a reason why all these managers all play him is like, you can trust him that he's not going to faff about and like be too far up the pitch and just stand there. Right. Right. That's He'll fair. always work back. Uh, the problem that I have for England is they don't have anyone in the midfield who can pass <laughs> like this. There's, there's no one yeah. who can really make a great pass. And listen, a lot of teams have that problem, but uh, you know, the weird thing is it might be Kane and it weirdly might be John stones. Who's can be an incredible passer sure. if you let him. Uh, but I do like, you know, the versatility of the English defense. I think stones and McGuire both can bring the ball out, especially considering the weakness of Walker. Walker's just not, he can, make overlapping runs he can bring the ball out with with his own feet he can run it out right but he's not a good crosser of the ball no no where shaw is incredible no in fact he lost his job at tottenham to kieran trippier who again should not be overlooked necessarily Um, yeah uh as a function of his ability to cross the ball so um i wouldn't start him i think shaw has been tremendous in this tournament but if you did I, you don't need, uh, yeah. No. I mean, I mean the, the thing that England have is they have a lot of good players. They have an athleticism, they have momentum. I think the thing with Italy is they've probably been better overall in a tournament, but have been dipping. Whereas England have started off a little bit poor and have been getting better. Like well, I think England were really, like, I think we undersold it. England were really good against Denmark. Oh like, yeah, yeah. They won two one, and it was a penalty. And they call, beat but... the shit out of the Ukraine. Now, to right. be fair, it's Ukraine, but nonetheless. Uh, whereas, uh, I think you need to be fair to Italy, though. Uh, they had a tougher they, road. <laughs> they had a much tougher road. They played nobody. Granted, the Austria game in the quarter or the round of sixteen, I should say, not their best efforts. Oh, but they beat um, Bilge- Belgium and Spain. That's but they like beat Belgium and Spain. They, they, those are big boy wins. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not I'm not concerned for their form necessarily. They did what they had to to get here, and we haven't mentioned it yet. I'm surprised. Uh, they are the masters of the dark arts. So, like we mentioned, Keely, well, two of them are. The rest of them no. aren't. <laughs> that's all. That's two more than England. So. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, and that's where that's where it comes in with with Henderson. Henderson's got a shithouseriness to him. Oh yeah, the young guys don't have it. He doesn't. He doesn't have the Chiellini Bonici. Like, no, no, no. Have you in the back and get away with it? No, that's he's just different. like I'm gonna that's step different. on you and get a yellow card. That's Henderson. Yeah, yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Oh I no, mean, yeah, that, but it's different. That's the one piece that I think England is missing in some sense is a a little bit of steel, a little bit of fight, a little bit of nastiness to match yeah. Italy. And I think if Italy's smart, they'll play this game in a mucky way sure. to fuck with England and really give them a hard time and see if England can break them down. Like, I, frankly, even though Italy does not want to play this way because they haven't been playing this way and maybe they don't have the players, they do want to go Catanaccio. They do want to make England suffer defensively and hit them on the break. But I don't, I don't know what will happen. I but really I, don't know. I really I, don't have a good sense of this game. I think England at home and Harry Kane is enough to make them favorites, but not by much. I agree. Uh, let's let's play in a scenario for you though. 35, 40 minutes in, and it's zero zero. Who does that flatter more? Who do you, who's more excited about that? Italy. I agree. Because I they think, they have the defenders to see it out. Well, it's that, but I think the And I don't longer, trust Pickford. The well, of course. But I think the longer that it goes, and especially if if England is sort of growing to the game and having applying more pressure they're going to get a little bit hungrier and they're going to get a little bit more desperate nervous nerves. And they're going to, well, sure. But I think they're going to be able to get caught on the break. And, and this Italian team is fucking quick. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I mean, uh, yeah. What, who's the little guy? Not Immobile, but the other Insignia. one, the, ti- the tiny one. Yeah, Insignia. Yeah. Who's fuck? He's fantastic. Just don't let him shoot that shot that he shoots. You know the one. You know the one. <laughs> he keeps trying it like three times a yeah. game. Half the time it goes off yeah. into the darkness, and then he gets it's it. It's weird in. how they have like five players who just they're like sort of wingers, not strikers. They all just remind me of each other. Like Logan they're Tessie. all there's like fourteen Dries Mertens yes, uh, on that team. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> who they are. It's Dries Mertens. Dries Mertens is in disguise. Yeah, um, there's like a billion of them there, but you know maybe you know uh, that's the thing. It, it it could it they they they. They want to press. They want to have their wingers flying up. I think England have to be tactically smart. This is going to be a great game. Uh, and Lisa Very and Aveline are out of town. So I'm going to be like at, I'm going to be in it. I'm going to be feeling the feels. Go to the England bar. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Oh, well, man, there is, funny. I mean, in the, well, the England bar, it's San Diego. Everyone's very chill. It's <laughs> a good point. There is no uh, England bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not angry enough. There's not uh, enough misery. There's no misery. <laughs> There's no, there is only joy in Mudtown. Yeah, uh, sucks. yeah. All right. Well, we got to do it. Uh, give me a score. Uh, 2-1 England. Oh, okay. In 90 or extra time? I please just, just give me 90. Yeah. Just give me I'm 90. Gonna, I'm going to take one nil England. Then I'll go extra time. Cause I was going to say a late winner. So I'll say it's one nil England in extra time. Oh my God. And then uh, someone will God, win our league. It. If someone, if we, you, you pointed out in our pool. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So if some, if, 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 some, if England, England wins, win, there's only one winner. That's well, there's only going to be one winner regardless. No, but so you know what I mean? Like some people, there's only one person that has England. Uh, there's two, oh, okay. but um, let's see if England wins uh, Christian, our buddy Christian will win. Uh, and Gene, who is new to the group, who oh, we good. love having him as part of it will be second. Those are the two guys with England. So effectively, uh, if you had, if you, if your winner is still alive, well, Italy, oh, so many people took Italy that you needed to do better early on, but like, there's so many points at stake still. Uh-huh. So if you're one of these that like, like Ch- our buddy, Chari had Denmark. So he was the only one, uh, he didn't have Denmark going all the way, but, uh, if you had an outlier that made it this far, that's why I was so excited when the Czechs beat the Netherlands. I was like, Oh my God. Uh, yeah, that'll happen. Well, that that's why I took Sweden. Cause I wanted to like be a weirdo. Yeah. Absolutely. If they made it, I would have seemed like a genius. Exactly. That killed uh, and if Italy wins, uh, Pete, our buddy Pete Russo is going to take it home, uh, which is $150 gift card to World Soccer Shop. Um, Dave Sturgio from uh, Chop Sports Media comes in second. And then our buddy Chari comes in third. So Italy oh, wins. Doing well. Yeah, Chari comes in third. If England wins, he comes in fifth. Unfortunately, out of the money, but a great uh, a great effort nonetheless for our buds. So uh, uh-huh. so it's it's been cool. And, you know, a word on that, you know, I mentioned in the group, this is sort of a dress rehearsal. We put it together really fast and at the last yeah. minute and all that stuff, we're going to have uh, the world cup coming in a little over a year um, in winter in winter, whatever we'll deal with it when we deal with it, but we're going to be so ready for that at that point. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. we've got great partners. We've got great, uh, a great small, but budding, you know, growing group of uh, crazy folks who enjoy talking to us and listening to us. So we love you all. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be something that we're really really excited about come uh, come November 2022. And you know what? We're gonna have our guys in it. We're, we're gonna have the Americans, so it's gonna be fun. Hopefully, we see. He said foolishly, forgetting about Trinidad and Tobago, but uh, that'll be it'll be a lot of fun. So it's good to. I, ha- I have no faith in Borhalter. 
that's not a good thing. no that's fine but it, um, what i'm saying is the anticipation <laughs> will be more fun uh yeah, yeah, yeah. because we'll have skin in the game it'll be good and we're going to get into fantasy sports fantasy premier league in a little bit in the next few episodes we're going to bring some people on from that fpl world the changes and differences between english fpl the salary game and the traditional american draft game um so we're going to have a lot of fun um in the rest of the the month that we have left basically until the premier league is back so oh my a lot of good stuff coming up it's coming too it's coming back too soon I'm it is ready. coming back too soon i need to find a new championship team now that brentford have been promoted you do damn it you do all right that was the Squeaky Bum Time podcast with Mike Salerno and Laurent Cortines. We are the football wing of the Chop Sports Network. We record on Tuesdays and Fridays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple, please review and rate the show so that we can reach more people and we can have more fun with all our stuff. And that is that. Hopefully, come on in. It's coming home. Thank you.